Welcome one and all to Talk About It, a podcast by teens for teens, giving teens a platform to discuss the issues that matter to them. Be mental health, music, social issues, sports, anxiety, COVID-19 and so much more. My name is Amelie, the host of this show, and I invite you to settle in to what I think will be a very exciting episode of Talk About It. everyone to episode number 18 of talk about it i hope everyone is keeping well so this is a very special episode i will be talking to my friend and fellow podcaster steph she has her own podcast called sit down with steph and i'll be chatting a little bit uh more with her about what her podcast is who she is and how we met as well so stay tuned for that but first before we get to that i want to welcome our very special musician of the week, who is none other than Hannah Kinsella. She's a 17-year-old Irish musician, and you can find her on Instagram at Busky Bops. <laughs> um, and you, of course, as ever, you can go to my Instagram page at underscore talk about a podcast, where you will find her link to her Instagram page. So yeah, she sent me the cover of the beautiful song True Colours, and it's just... I mean, it's just gorgeous. So sit back, relax, as we listen to Hannah Kinsella from the beautiful country of Ireland <laughs> uh, sing her cover of True Colours. You weren't the sad eyes Thank you. 
This world makes you crazy And you've taken all you can bear Just call me up cause I will always be there I see your true colors shining through And I see your true colors And that's why I love you So don't be afraid to let them show Welcome one and all to the episode number 18 of Talk About It. I am joined by a very special guest here today, Steph from her podcast, The Sit Down with Steph. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm keeping very well. Um, so just before we start, uh, Steph uh, kindly invited me to be on her, her podcast, Um. And it was my first ever podcast interviews. I was so excited. Um, you so great, when, you're fin- <laughs> when you're finished listening to this episode, you can hop right over to Steph's podcast, The Sit Down with Steph. Um, I will be sharing it in my own Instagram page. So you can go listen to that interview uh, with the two of us straight after you listen to this one. <laughs> yes. So Steph, if you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your podcast. Sure. Awesome. I mean, First of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to come on your show. Um, A little bit about me. So my name is Stephanie and I'm from Toronto, Canada. I'm 17 years old and I recently started my podcast, The Stem with Steph. My podcast is just a place where I invite a wide variety of different guests to come on and we just have conversations about all sorts of topics. So things like current issues, social media, the environment. If you think it's a topic, we've probably talked about it or I'm planning on talking about it in the future. I think, yeah, that's really what my podcast is. Cool. Um, And I was very kindly invited onto the podcast to talk about (laughs) mental health. And it was was such a great conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Steph, can I ask you why you started your podcast? Because I believe every podcaster has a reason for starting his or her or their own podcast. Oh, yes, for sure. Mine is a fantastic, lengthy, interesting story. It's absolutely (laughs) not. (laughs) So I actually uh, hosted the morning announcements at my school. So from grades nine to 12, that was my little morning radio show. I got to like get funky with it and make it my own. And it was just a really fun time. I really loved doing it. I had always uh, loved public speaking. I was also someone who would give speeches and I loved presentations, which is like, I know it's super weird, but I really enjoy just speaking in public. So over quarantine, I actually began listening to many podcasts because it kind of seemed like everyone was starting one and podcasts were so big. They kind of started to become very popular at that time. So I started listening to a lot of podcasts and I kind of fell in love with them. And I realized, okay, this is something that is really cool. This is something that I'm really interested in doing. So as we all know, we had a lot of time during quarantine. 
So I used some of that time to plan my podcast and really turn my idea into a feasible action plan. And I mean, here we are now. I've just been someone who like, I could talk forever. So that is the story behind the sit down with Steph. I love it. It's such a cute story as well, because I'm slightly on the opposite scale as in uh, I also have done a lot of public speaking with something I got into when I was about uh, 15, 16. Um, but I never listened to a podcast before I decided to start my own. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I had heard of podcasts and I'd listened to like a couple of episodes, but it wasn't something that I like would sit down and enjoy listening to. Um, and then I decided I'd start my own and I kind of realized that I was going to have to sit down and listen to some podcasts. <laughs> and that was when, when I started editing, when I started recording, when I started doing my own whole process, um, I fell in love with the, I don't want to say lifestyle because it's not a lifestyle, but I fell in love with the podcasting, editing and interviews and everything of the sorts. So it did take me a while to get into it. Um, but Steph, that's really interesting that you just loved it before you even stepped into it. <laughs> yes. So what's your, can I ask what your favorite part is about podcasting? Um, I think I'm not a big fan of the editing, to be honest. Oh yeah. Same. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, hmm, you know, maybe in the future, like getting someone else to edit. I, I'm not willing to like, I, I don't want to pay someone right now because like, I'm kind of just starting out, but it's definitely something that I've thought about in the future because it's quite time consuming. And I feel like I could get someone really cool and they could do a lot of cool stuff with the audio. Like I'm by no means an expert podcast editor. So that's something that I am not a big fan of, but I think my favorite part of podcasting would definitely be the conversations that I get to have. Just like when we're actually recording, I get to bring on so many different guests. I've had a lot of my friends and family on now because I'm just starting out, but like I've kind of expanded now to more because like new friends that I've met, new people, like, I mean, this is an example. We just <laughs> met each other and it turned out like our episodes are so great. Like I'm so excited for them. So just meeting new people, having engaging and important conversations, that would definitely be my favorite part of the whole process. I'd have to, I have to, have to agree with you there because editing when I first started off was a pain in the backside. I hated yes. every second of it. It was just something I always had tried to avoid doing until the very, very last second. Um, but as someone now who has been doing this podcast for a little over five months, um, it's definitely become something that I actually enjoy doing. Um, oh, I'll wow. sit down and actually look forward to, you know, listening back. And I'd always, you know, I might listen back and I'd think, oh, why didn't I ask them that question? And I jot it down. So the next person I have on, I would ask them that question. Um, so it was a huge learning curve for me when I was uh, sitting down to edit that was how I kind of not critiqued myself, but kind of saw ways that I could improve and stuff like that. And I, I've taken a few courses on like editing and stuff like that. And that when I say courses, I mean like YouTube videos um, on editing. <laughs> still learning. But yeah, they are courses like, I mean, YouTube's fantastic. But um, yeah, I think it was something I grew into. But, but still, my favorite part is uh, the moments coming up to an interview when that person says, yes, I would like to be on your podcast, the excitement that goes yeah. through you. I can't even describe it. I get so excited. Um, and then like the moments when you first meet them, when you're first getting into the conversation, I, I love those first few, like 10 minutes, um, because that's for me when it's starting to feel all real. I'm like, oh, yay, it's starting. Um, it's like walking into a theater to see a show. 
um for me yeah, that's how I kind of mm, yeah actually Steph do you have any tips for somebody who wants to start a podcast because I know so many people um who are looking to start podcasts and who have reached out to me going what do I do and I've only started out myself I'm only five months into it I don't have all the answers so what would you advise uh people to to do before starting a podcast I just want to clarify this first of all neither do I I do not have (laughs) as well but I can definitely give some of my advice I think the first thing I would say is to find something that you're really passionate about and make that your podcast topic. I know sometimes we get caught in the trap of, oh, this is like what's popular and this is what's going to make me super famous. So this is what I'm going to do, even though I'm not like so passionate about it. I would really encourage you to make your podcast centered around a theme that you're really interested in and something that is unique to you don't compromise, you know, who you are and what you like and all your values and things just because you think it's going to make you famous because it's not going to be really fun for you. You won't enjoy podcasting as much as if you were doing something about a topic that you loved. That would be my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice is planning. This is so important. I didn't realize how important planning was until I started planning out my own podcast. And I think sometimes people overlook this part because, I mean, I don't blame them. It's so exciting to start a podcast and you just want to release your episodes and just have everyone hear your content that you've been working so hard on. But I would really encourage people to take a step back and focus a lot on that planning process when you're planning. So mapping out your episode plan, you know, maybe you're going to do season by season. So if this is your first season, writing, you know, maybe get a Google Doc or something. This is what I did. I just got a Google Doc and wrote down all of the episode titles, the descriptions, and the order that I wanted to do things in. Just planning so you kind of see how many episodes you have, the order in which you're going to release, just all those things, the logistics of it, so you have that already. Then consistency is so important. That's what planning helps you achieve. I think the number one key to success in a podcast. I mean, obviously you want to have great content that you're putting out, but your listeners want you to be consistent. They rely on your schedule. So if you say, I'm going to post every Friday, they're going to be waiting on Friday for you to post your new episode because they're like along that journey with you. And they're very interested in what you have to say and what you're going to release. So it's just making sure that you've planned enough and you have your episodes ready. You have your content prepared and everything all good. So when Friday comes, say Friday's your day, when it's Friday, you're ready to post consistently. And I think that helps you gain a lot of loyalty from your followers as well, because they just expect that they know, okay, you know, Ameline is a great podcaster. She's going to post every Friday and I look forward to that. And I'm, you know, able to rely on her for that. So consistency planning and starting a podcast about something that you're really passionate about. Those would be my top three tips. 100% I have to agree with you there Um, and something that I would like to add as well as that because those are three amazing tips but pre-recording is a blessing in disguise I cannot actually emphasize to people how important it is to get yourself like you said Steph organized ready to go Um, you know maybe have your next month planned in in episodes have your next how many if you know as well if you look at your calendar and go okay 
from the 1st to the 7th, I'm actually really busy. I won't be able to record an episode. So I'm going to record two the following week. Um, and it's a good life skill, actually, as well, organizing yourself and getting yourself, you know, ready to go, all that kind of crack as well. Um, and for social media as well, I think social media plays a huge part in podcasting and people forget that. Definitely. Yeah, for me, um, social media is where I've met a huge amount of my uh listeners and a huge amount of my interviewees because Steph that's where I met you yes yeah we met on social media I think you actually reached out to me and welcomed me to the podcast community yeah I did because you know there's so many new podcasters coming out and I just love welcoming them in because I feel like sometimes podcasts can be so intimidating especially when you see all the podcasts like billboards and you see, oh, yeah. this podcast is like number one or number two or whatever. And you're like, oh, my God, like, it's so intimidating. Um, but no, that's why I tend to do that. If anybody see, starts a new podcast and I, you know, see them, I go, OK, welcome. You're always you're always welcome here. Anything I can uh, any tips I can give you, let me know. Just because I feel like it's, it's a community that deserves so much support. It's a community that's growing. And yeah, yes. it's just I, totally, I mean, I think it's it's such a nice thing like it made me I mean thank you it made me feel <laughs> so much more welcome like no one had welcomed me and I just I mean like I'm so happy because we got great interviews and episodes out of it but I also like met a new friend so oh, I'm just well, so happy it's a nice thing yeah. well same as well and it's such an international thing as well you know I forgot when I first started my podcast um that it was going internationally um one one person messaged me on us in from Australia saying how much they they love the podcast and I was like oh my god you know it's not just people in Ireland or or wherever um I have a huge amount of listenerships from the UK not from the UK apologies from the US uh about 20 percent of my listenership is from the US so just you know seeing that your your voice is being heard from other places and getting that support I think is so 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 important um, I completely agree. Yeah. So anytime anybody needs anything, uh, reach out to me. I'm very happy to give you any tips. And I'm sure Steph would be delighted as well to, to help you out. Yeah. Um any way sure, we yeah. can, guys. Any way we can. Um, but speaking of uh advice, Steph, um mental health is one of the main things I talk about here on my podcast. So firstly, what is the mental health stigma like in, in Canada? what because that's that is where you're from so what is it like there for for you yes okay for sure I mean I would not consider myself an expert in Canadian mental health but I can definitely give you some advice because I've lived in Toronto for my whole life so I know a thing or two about things here I would say that I think the stigma around mental health in Canada has really lessened over the past few years and I think a lot of that has to do with the increased advocacy and call to awareness about the importance of paying attention to mental health. And then the pandemic, of course, heightened that sense of urgency of paying attention to our mental health because it was quite an interesting time to say the least. Yeah. But there are so many supports available to Canadians, which I think plays a large role in the destigmatization of mental health. An example is during COVID, the provincial government, so I'm from Ontario and that is my province. So our government provided a free mental health program called Mind Beacon to all people in the program province. Uh, you can just take a quiz at the start of it and you basically share your whole mental health journey. 
something to note is that this is all kept private, this information. It's not like exposed anywhere. It's just between you and your therapist. And then you get free access to a therapist through things like messaging, exercises, activities, reading, and all these things that are specifically tailored to support your mental health journey. As well, there are so many other Canadian-wide initiatives that are designed to promote awareness about the importance of mental health in Canada. A really big example that I can just think of now is something called Bell Let's Talk Day. So what Bell does is they donate five cents to Canadian mental health programs for every text, call, tweet, social media, anytime you use their Bell Let's Talk filter, if you use the hashtag Bell Let's Talk, basically anytime you're promoting Bell Let's Talk on the specific day, which happens every year in January, Bell donates five cents to Canadian mental health programs. And some fun statistics about Bell Let's Talk Day this year because it happened January, 2021. The hashtag Bell Let's Talk was the top Twitter trend in Canada and actually worldwide. The number of messages of support received this year was 159,173,435. And the total funding, that mental health funding that Bell drove up this year was $7,958,671.75. Which and is just put, unreal. No, it, it is. It's fantastic. And I want to put it into perspective for people who may not be familiar with how many people there are in Canada. There are about 36, 37 million people in Canada, and Bell received over 159 million messages of support. So it's almost, if you think about it in a sense, people are using this hashtag and or calling or using the tweet or filter more than once, which is just so unreal to think of. But overall, I would definitely say that there's much less stigma around mental health in Canada than there was, I guess, many years ago. People are definitely more willing to talk about their mental health and be understanding of each other's mental health because of that. But with all that being said, there is still a lot of work that needs to be done for sure to get to a point where we can be completely open about our mental health and not just kind of, we discussed this a little bit in my episode, the concept of I'm fine. Yeah. So when someone asks you like, hi, how are you? You expect them to say I'm fine. But oftentimes that's not the case. People may be having a really great day or they may be having a really bad day, but they're just going to tell you I'm fine because that's what you expect to hear. And we kind of discussed the concept of challenging that. So why have we become so conditioned that we list, we expect this I'm fine response? And I think we're moving towards a place because of this destigmatization in mental health and increased awareness about mental health and conversations in general about this topic. I think we are moving towards a place where people are more willing and open to share the truth about how they're really feeling and not just the basic I'm fine response. So, I mean, we're definitely much better now, but there is still more progress to be made. But I definitely think we're heading in a positive direction. Yeah, I'm delighted to hear you say that as well, Steph, that you're heading a positive direction. Um, I've, I've talked to a couple of people now from um, in different in different continents. I've chatted to people in the US and in England. And, you know, what I'm what I'm gathering is uh, 
you know, the mental health stigma is being uh, destigmatized. Um, yeah. Not as quickly as it should be, I would like to stress, but it is something that's becoming a little bit more regular. And when, you know, when I heard you say about that, uh, the the system that your government set up for a free therapist online, I think that is just something else. I really think that is amazing and it should be everywhere. Like I, I really think, um, and someone can come on and contact me on my Instagram page at underscore talk about a podcast and tell me that I'm wrong. I would be over the moon if you tell me I'm wrong, but there is no system like that in Ireland where you can message um, a therapist for free um, and get that fantastic support whenever you need it um if I'm wrong somebody please tell me I would love to be wrong um but unfortunately I don't think that is the case now in Ireland we do have childline where you can call anytime um and there is always someone to help you on the other end of the line but nothing like what you've described there Steph which is just incredible yeah I mean when I see things like this and hear that Canada and Ontario specifically has these programs and I mean, in a sense, is leading uh, these kinds of initiatives and maybe the fact that we can bring it over and be kind of pioneers and then have other countries like Ireland follow suit and, you know, use these techniques and offer this to their citizens. It just makes me so proud and happy to be able to say that my country is doing that. And I think we can get to a point where all the countries in the world can uh, do something like this and offer some kind of mental health support without charge for their citizens because it definitely is so important definitely I love the without charges uh charge bit as well I think that that is huge um but in yes. in your opinion Steph um how can we as teens as people destigmatize mental health because your government is doing a fantastic job from the sounds of things um but how can we as ordinary folk I guess um destigmatize mental health Right. So this is definitely an interesting question because so I think a lot of the stigma around mental health comes from the fact that we think we're the only ones facing or struggling with whatever we're dealing with. So as a result of this lack of open communication about what everyone is facing, everyone feels kind of isolated or alone in their struggle. And honestly, that just makes any mental health battle even worse because you're not openly sharing what you're feeling. I think we can really decide about a lot of the aspects of mental health by just being open and honest about what we're dealing with. We kind of have to move past this, oh, it's so embarrassing to struggle with mental health and I'm the only one who struggles because I can assure you that that is not true. I think that, like I said, we've done a lot better in the past few years with tools like social media and government supports and just using all sorts of platforms and avenues to raise awareness and share our stories and really just create community between people who are facing the same things. I think there are also a lot of fantastic opportunities around the world. Like we kind of discussed, there are different ones in Canada and Ireland, but at the end of the day, there are so many supports and everyone is working towards this main goal of destigmatizing mental health on an international level. So participating in these initiatives, getting involved on social media, and just being open with others in your life and not closing yourself off, I think it's so important. And I think that once we can get to this level of honesty where we understand that all people 
deal with mental health struggles and it's not something to be ashamed of, we will be much more aware and empathetic as a society, which will ultimately lead to that goal of destigmatization of mental health. Yeah, and I totally agree with what you say there, Steph. That was really, really well said. Um, so actually, do you have anything to say to a teen or a young adult listening who is struggling with their mental health at the moment? Hmm, okay. I think I have two pieces of advice, I guess. The first thing I would say is, I have to say this, and I know that it's cheesy and everyone says it, but you really are not alone. Yeah. I want to emphasize that there are so many people who struggle with their mental health. And even people who may not have been diagnosed with mental health conditions still can struggle with mental health. Like, to be completely honest, I have yet to meet one person who can tell me that they never experienced stress. I mean, like, if you're out there, let me know. Give me your tips <laughs> and your advice. Same, but same here. <laughs> I, I, I have yet to meet that person at this point. So I think just first knowing that you're not alone in your struggle and that there are other people who are going through the same thing. And then second, this is my own little advice that I would add. I would encourage you to really try to understand that you are in control of your own mental health. So at the end of the day, whatever thoughts you give the most attention to are the ones that ultimately have the most power over you. So if you are actively choosing to focus on positive thoughts, so gratitude or things that make you happy, you're giving more power to those thoughts and that is what you will ultimately feel. Ultimately, you are the person who has the power to shift your own mental health. I think all it takes is for you to realize this and then act upon this realization. With that being said, I would really encourage you to kind of fall in love with taking care of yourself. And there's this really cheesy analogy that you can't pour from your own glass if it isn't full. But I, I think it's really important. I, yeah, I think it's really important to mention and to remember because what it really means is that you have to take care of yourself first before you can worry about those around you. So do things that make you happy, develop positive habits and establish good self-care routines. All of these things can positively contribute to your mental health immensely if you make a strong commitment to doing them. So that would be, I think, my advice, remembering that you aren't alone and also understanding that you have the power to be in control of your mental health and work towards building that positive mental health. Yeah, I love that as well. I love, I love, I love that analogy and the thought that, you know, you are in control of your own thoughts. And um, I think positive affirmations as well can be very, very powerful. Um, what I do is um, I write them down. I, if I, I write down positive affirmations or um, positive things that are sometimes said to me, I would write them down and I'd read them over and over again. Um, so I love the fact that you said that, you know, thoughts that you keep remembering um, are the ones that are going to affect you the most. I love that. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, I love this question. It's a fun question. Um, it's one that um, I think everybody likes hearing. Um, but what advice would you give your 14 year old self um, if she came through the door to you today? Oh, my goodness. Hmm. So many things to say. 
<laughs> but okay I think if I had to pick one thing that I really focus on I would tell my 14 year old self not to care or worry so much about what other people think I think when you're 14 years old I mean at least when I was 14 years old everyone around me was so worried about how they was, were perceived by other people and how other people saw them and just like this image that you think you have to create because around 14 you're I think you're entering high school so there's this transition between elementary to high school and you kind of starting to grow up and you think that everyone is you know always looking at you and always analyzing you and just so concerned about what you're doing but what I'm here to say is that everyone is way more focused on themselves than you yes I love this I love that yes I mean it's true we're so so busy kind of we think that everyone else is thinking about us but in reality we're not really thinking about anyone else we're worried about ourselves so most other people are actually doing the same so what I would say is don't change yourself to fit another person's perception of you just focus on doing the things that make you happy because that's what's going to make you feel good not doing things because you think that They'll make you seem cooler or more attractive or better in someone else's eyes because that's not really you. You're not following who you truly are. So I would just say, just be yourself and work towards being really satisfied and happy with that. Oh, I love that stuff. I really, really do. I really like that. Um, Oh, I've got to ask you the final two questions. Um, I I always love asking these though. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing your answer to this, but what is a quote that you live by and why? Hmm. I love quotes. I'm going to be honest with you. Same. I'm a quote I'm person. I'm a real quote person. <laughs> um, this is, okay. I have a good one because there's so many. I'm like filtering them through my brain. <laughs> um, okay. The one that I'm currently live by and I think I've lived by for a while now is work hard in silence. Let success be your noise. So I'm going to kind of break this down, I guess, in two parts because it is a two-part kind of quotation. The first part of this quote is about hard work. So work hard in silence. I'm a really, really big believer in hard work because I think that it's something that can't be taken away from you. So when you work really hard to achieve something, you can't necessarily attribute your success to anything other than your hard work. And The key aspect of this quote is that it says work hard in silence. So you don't have to be the person who is like very publicly, oh, I can't go out tonight because I have to do my work or I have so much work to do and I'm so busy and like whatever. We all know those people. You don't have to be so obvious about it and seek like recognition or affirmation for your efforts. Ultimately, what the quote tells us is that when we work hard, even when no one is watching and when we don't make a big fuss about it, we let our successes and our accomplishments that we achieve through our hard work be our noise. So you don't need to carry around this figurative megaphone and tell everyone when you're working or how hard you've been working. You simply do your work in silence and let all you achieve speak for itself. I really, really like this quote. It's something that I've lived by during school, any project that I've undertaken, I've really been focusing on it for a while now, 
because I just really like the message of hard work being invaluable and just being humble about your accomplishments. I think it's something that's really motivated me through a lot of things that I've done. And I mean, I hope it does the same for your listeners. Yeah, and it's a quote actually I only heard recently enough and it was something that really fascinated me as a quote. So I, I, I love that you said that now. Um, yeah, I think it's a really, really good one. Really, right. I mean, nice it's not one. like just a quote. It's, I feel like it's something that you have to unpack a little oh, bit more than other quotes. Definitely. And I kind of like that. Definitely. I love the quotes that you can just kind of uh, take apart and, you know, just, I don't know, yeah. look at them in your own perspective as well. I think that's really, really nice. For sure. For sure. Um, so my final question to you, Steph, um, what is one thing you would like people to take away from our conversation here today? Um, I love chatting to you so much, but if they just had to take away one thing, uh, what would they be? What, what, what would that be? Um, I think we talked about a lot of good things. We did. I hope that your listeners have taken some things away from our conversation, but if I had to just pick one thing. I think I would really want to focus in on the going for and doing things that make you happy. So we talked about, you know, you can't pour from your own glass if it isn't full. And that advice I would give to my 14 year old self, you know, just worry about being yourself and not compromising who you are to change someone else's perception of you. I think the most important thing that I would encourage you to take away from our conversation today is just that you are your best and your worst critic. So ultimately at the end of the day, you're the person that you need to impress. So do things that align with your values and what you wanna do. If something makes you happy and other people say, oh, you know, like, why do you do that? That's so lame. That doesn't matter because it's not them that you're trying to please. Do the things that make you happy. I mean, we talked about starting our podcasts. This is why we podcast because it makes us happy. So I would really encourage uh, all the listeners to find the things that make them happy and do them consistently, make time for them in your schedule and really just commit to doing things for yourself because I can assure you it will definitely change the way you feel and how you see yourself and just really benefit you overall in general. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. It's such a big connection to mental health as well. Just doing yeah. finding our passion and, and doing what you love. And yeah, Steph, that that that's brilliant. Listen, thank you so, so much for coming on. Uh guys, if you want to go and listen to more of the two of us talk, if you're not sick of us by now already, <laughs> you can head over to Steph's podcast, the sit down with Steph, and you can hear the interview that the two of us uh have done together. But Steph, thank you so much for coming on. I really love talking to you. And yeah, can thank we thank you so much? Oh, you're so welcome. You're so, so yeah, welcome. This is so much fun. Thank you for having me. And <laughs> yes, definitely check out our interview if you're not sick of us. But this was so great. Thank you so much. You're so welcome.